Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Real Estate with Wendy podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about putting it all together. At this point, we've heard a few of my podcasts, hopefully. We've talked about, um, or you've heard us talk about things like wholesaling. You've heard us talk about things like the tax sale, perhaps, going to auctions, foreclosures, all sorts of different techniques in order to get these investment properties, lock them under contract, close the deal, and then, of course, do whatever we're going to do with it, whether it be flipping, wholesaling, buy and hold, Burr method. There are so many topics that we talk about. Now, let's talk about putting it all together. First on our list, we'll touch on wholesaling. When most people start out, they don't have any money, they don't have any savings, they don't have any equity in anything that they can turn around and pull the equity out and go buy something else. Most people are just, like I said, starting out with nothing. So in cases like this, I recommend wholesaling first. We listened in another podcast that talked about how to do the wholesaling step by step by step, how to find the properties how to research them, how to lock them in contract, and then how to assign that contract to someone else altogether who then buys the property and you make a commission on that assignment. It's called an assignment contract or an assignment fee. When you get that assignment fee, it's generally going to be $5,000, give or take. It could be less if it's not as great of a deal. It could be more if it's an incredible once-in-a-lifetime deal. I've seen them go up to 20000 or more, actually. Once you've gotten a few of these together, let's say you've done wholesaling for about three months, you've done, let's say, three or four deals, and now you've got the $20,000 down. And that's going to, let's say, cover 10%, which is, you know, that's going to be what the minimum you have to pay, believe it or not, even with good credit, to get into a house these days. And that also includes your closing costs and your fees and your points and your discount, your this is and your that's. It's all said and done for a reasonable investment. You might look at having $20,000 down just to cover that particular type of an investment. So then once you've gotten the money together, you've done your wholesaling, step two is going to be foreclosures, wholesales, off-market fines, tax auctions. These are all ways that you can find properties once you've gotten your money together and now you're trying to find the investments that are going to be the best deals for you to own, to flip, to do whatever you're going to do with them. Not just foreclosures, not just wholesalers, off-market fines that you found yourself, not just at tax auctions. You can also look on the MLS. You can also look on other online websites. You can look by Googling. Mix it up and do whatever ways work best for you and do as often and as many as you can and you feel comfortable with. Now, step number three, when you start doing this and you start buying a property here and there, you're going to find yourself in need of a team you're going to find that there are particular people in your life that you're going to want to have in your life and to invest in. Um, Not just contractors for the rehab. Of course, you want to have a Rolodex of contractors that you can call at any time. Three or four flooring guys, three or four roofers, three or four plumbers, three or four electricians, and so on and so on. 
at least three or four, sometimes five or six, depending on how many properties you may have going at the same time. Another one that I like to recommend having at least one of, if not more, is a closing attorney or attorneys, tax person or persons to prepare your taxes, realtor or realtors, investors and wholesalers that you can, if you're not interested in the property, you can, of course, go to them and send it to them and vice versa. Ones that they don't want, they can turn around and wholesale to you at a discount. So you want to have people like this in your life, even if it is your competition. Sometimes your competition is your friend, and that's something that maybe you didn't realize at first. Also, somebody who's going to be very important in your life, unless you're already a realtor and unless you're already a licensed property manager, then you're going to want one. If you're going to buy and hold at all and you're going to keep these properties and rent them out, you're going to need a property manager in your life. If not one, maybe multiple ones. Some people, some investors I know, they have multiple properties in multiple areas. Even in Georgia, for example, I don't manage all of this one particular investor's properties because about half of his properties are in North Georgia. I'm not trying to drive two and a half hours to North Georgia to manage a property. That just doesn't work for me. Uh, So he has another property manager way up in North Georgia, and he uses me for the properties that are in my area. That's not something that offends me at all. I say, you know, this is better for the investor, better for the other property manager, and better for myself. This is something, again, that goes with building your team. You're going to want to make sure that you try to stay local with your local contractors, your local realtors, your local closing attorneys, your local tax person, as much as you possibly can anyway. The next thing is to be hands-on. Sometimes I say things, especially when it comes to rehabbing a property, to my investors I tell all the time, be hands-off, be hands-off. Don't do the work yourself. Instead, you need to hire contractors to make the work go faster, to make sure that you can get it rented quicker. In this case, I'm going to give the opposite advice, which is to be more hands-on and to do more things yourself as far as the running of your own business, the building of your own brand. The making of your company, you need to be hands-on and you need to do that yourself. If you're going to be the person who manages your properties, then you need to make sure that you research the laws, that you're going to court and you're listening to court cases and judges and knowing how they're going to judge on certain things. The more I go to court and listen in on evictions and those sorts of affairs, the more I know how I need to conduct myself and how I need to maintain my business. For example, making sure that I always have records such as leases and applications and files on each particular person. For example, the ones that do go into lease, we make sure we get copies of their driver's licenses and so forth if and when necessary. Knowing when to do this and in what cases as far as over this particular amount in rent, I feel like it's it's mandatory. If you're getting more than, say, $3,000 per month in rent, yeah, you want to make sure that you go a little bit extra with the vetting of those tenants and having of certain credentials of theirs, um, certain ways to go after them afterwards should things go wrong. And that's probably a topic we'll talk about in the future when things go wrong, things that you can do and things you need to know. 
if you're not going to be able to do this, let's say, for example, this is not your day job and you're not a property manager again, or you're not an attorney, you're not a realtor. If you have a day job and this is something that you can't devote a lot of time to, you may want to go on about your day job and let a property manager or the appropriate people handle that particular end of the business for you. Be hands-on on the things that you need to be hands-on on, <laughs> and then be hands-off on the things that are not fifth-gear things for you. If you can't move fast, if you don't know how to do flooring very, very quickly, for example, maybe, you know, step back and let the flooring guy handle the flooring. If you know how to jam at flooring and that's your thing and you can do it in two days, an entire house, then jam with that flooring, son. Go ahead on. Do your flooring. I particularly know how to do flooring and I can jam at some flooring and make it go very fast. It's something I've just learned over the years. I used to be married to someone who did all sorts of flooring, and I learned many things over the years. So that's something that, again, I can go pretty fast. Drywall, spackle, drywall mud, tape, that sort of thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I could never, <laughs> I could never make it look good or go fast. So I hire professionals for that sort of thing. But the managing of my business, don't think for one second that I let anybody else count my dollars for me or my pennies. Don't think for one second that I'll let anyone else manage my business for me or manage the running of the daily affairs for me or handle of any of the major decisions for me. That's all done by me all the time. I do have people who help me occasionally, especially with day-to-day -day tasks like filling in my calendar, organizing things, bringing of contracts, bringing me of my coffee, things of that nature. But as far as the major things like writing a lease contract or writing a purchase and sale contract, I do those myself each and every time. And I usually do them by hand so that I know what was not quote unquote pre-typed and we can see what we we agreed upon together because that's something that I leave blank. And then in the negotiation process, when we've talked about it, we fill those in. And anybody who's ever been in the contract writing affair with me as far as uh, sat down at the table and been present for writing of one, they all know that I come prepared with pre-written contracts that are the ones that everyone in Georgia would use as far as realtors, property managers, etc. We use those same forms and then, of course, well, I just go and listen to both sides and then fill it in. And it's quite the process. Again, it makes it more foolproof. It makes it more for knowing that everybody's going to handle the business properly and the contract properly and knowing that things won't go wrong. If you've got everything written up in that contract and you've got everything thoroughly thought out, generally you won't have the unthinkable happen because you've thought of it. One last thing I'm going to say is research, research, research. Uh, make sure that you read books. For example, if you want to know about wholesaling, you may want to go to the library and read a book or two on wholesaling. You may want to listen to a podcast on wholesaling, maybe two or three or ten. You may want to look on YouTube, watch some videos on wholesaling. 
if you're trying to learn about, for example, options, how to get options, how to sell them, how to use them, then you might want to look up on YouTube. You might want to read a book about, you might want to gather research and knowledge about the topics that you're trying to use in your life. I like to do my research and development. I like to go read books. I like to listen to podcasts. Anybody who knows me knows that I listen to multiple types of podcasts every day. Um, I get on YouTube multiple times a day and I listen to topics that are educational, that are helping me with my, my business and how to grow it, how to run it. I like to listen to podcasts and YouTube topics on organizing my life. I like to listen to them on gardening. I like to listen to them on a multitude of topics, not just real estate and investing, but many other things as well. Again, it doesn't just go to podcasts or to YouTube. You can read books, you can watch videos, you can go to different seminars that are, or groups uh, that get together. I know they have um, different clubs for connected investors, for example, people that are investors that get together in their local area and they talk about investing, they talk about real estate, they talk about the different things that they can do in order to make money. Again, do your research, find out what is in your area and how you can utilize all of the techniques in order to grow your business, grow your brand. There's going to be lots of ways that you need to do it and you want to do them all at the same time. You want to grow your business while developing your team, while vetting out which people are going to be your good contractors, while looking for properties, while passing out your business cards, while talking to people. It all happens at the same time. And you're going to have to learn how to juggle every single bit of this seamlessly in order to grow your business. It takes years to learn how, but it also is something that you're going to be doing slowly every single day. And as you go and you get through each day, you're going to learn something every day about, oh, this is how this goes. This is how I learn this. This is how I do this. If you listen to different podcasts or different videos or different things, then you can learn how to do this a little easier, hopefully, a little faster, a little better. There's one more thing that I wanted to touch base on before we go, and that's JV, um, joint ventures, partnering up. Sometimes when you're starting out as an investor, as a real estate person, or as a property manager, landlord, whatever you want to call yourself, sometimes you'll find that you have a hard time doing it alone or you can't do it alone. And if that is the case and when that is the case, you might find it wise to partner up, also called the JV deal or the joint venture. I've done it many, many times in my life. In fact, probably way more than I've done by myself ventures. I've done a few of those over the years, but I have found in my experience that I, I flow faster, I move smoother when I work with a partner and I can share the burden and share the, the profit as well. It takes some of the things, as far as I know, my personal weaknesses, it takes some of those weaknesses off of me and then I don't have to deal with those things anymore and then I can focus on my strength. And then as well, my partner doesn't have to worry about their weaknesses. They can focus on their strengths. And then again, we work so much better together to accomplish whatever goal we're trying to do. I think immediately the joint venture that I did with a friend of mine who I bought my grandfather's house in East Point. I 
partnered up with him and we rehabbed the house and then we immediately sold it. We did a flip. We did not keep that property and it was because of the price. We got it for such a reasonable, crazy, crazy price, even in a down market, even in 2009. I got it for a price that made sense and the amount of money we were going to make, it made sense to pull that money out and just take it and partner up or do something else on another deal. In this case, refurbish, renew my funds. And that is, that's exactly what we did. I partnered up with that particular person. And why in that case? Because he had both the tools, he had the knowledge, and he had the ability to bust it out and get it done in 30 days. And I knew he did. So whereas I brought the deal itself and the crazy um, awesomeness of the deal, I also brought in the small amount of money or half of the small amount of money that was required, um, half of the closing costs, things of that nature where he needed the money to come up with that deal as well. So we made for great complimentary partners on that. Um, And I've done actually many deals with that particular person and many deals with other partners as well. I usually do business and partner up with investor friends of mine that I manage their properties. I know their investors. I usually wholesale the deals that they're trying to, if they'll call me up and say, hey, Wendy, I'm trying to get a house. I need another investment property. Tell me if you can find one. Find one for me. So, of course, I'll wholesale the deal to them. And then, of course, you know, they always need work because they they want the wholesale deal. They want something at a discount. Full price houses are are fancy houses and they're already fixed. So of course it needs fixing. Well, who's going to help them fix it? I am. (laughs) Who's going to then turn around and rent it out? I am. Who's going to make money on this part of the deal, that part of the deal, and every single month to infinity? I am. Why? Because there are so many types of investing and there are so many types of real estate and there are so many types of things that, that I can do that I just try to do them all as much as possible. That goes right back to doing everything that you can to grow your business, pulling it all together and knowing when to wholesale, when to partner up and do a joint venture, when to go to this particular auction or that particular foreclosure auction. I think they do foreclosure auctions as well out here. But anyways, knowing when to do what move, who to do it with, is going to depend on the numbers and knowing how to run your numbers. We've talked about that in another podcast, but it's a very simple, easy mathematical equations that can tell you how to do pretty much anything, whether it's do I keep this deal? Do I wholesale this deal? Do I flip? Do I go ahead and hold it and then rent it out? What do I need to do? You run the numbers and you find out what you're going to do. You build your team. You use your local contractors. You do all of the steps that are required to get it so that it is either making you money on the flip or making you money every single month. We all as investors want to get to the step where someone's handing us cash in hand. Someone's giving us a huge sum of money that we didn't have before. And I tell you one thing, I know a particular person who they had a little money and then they did a business venture and then they're going to recoup a larger sum of money. And all the while they were making money in the meantime. That's a high five to my friend who made money on the front end, who made money all throughout the middle and will definitely be making money on the back end when they finally get their last payment, which would be a, a payment in full. 
These are things that as an investor, you want to think about. You want to think about how to make all of your actions work as a smooth flowing company that puts it all together and and makes your vehicle drive down the road, makes your business run fluidly and be and stay profitable. That's where we all want to be as investors. We want to be profitable and we want to stay profitable. And that again is how it's done. You focus on the simple basics of building your team, building everything and making it all run smoothly together. So I know a lot of what you do is in property management. Can you give an example where you can bring it all together for property management? Okay, so bringing it all together for property management, for those owners out there who are going to do it themselves, for example, I can tell you this, I got started with the real estate part. A friend of mine told me, of course, that I'd be great in real estate. After hearing that, oh, you might be good at this and wanting to change careers out of working for student loans, Department of Education, different types of collections, that's where I got a lot of my knowledge of research and how to find people, find their addresses, look up information about them once I'm trying to find out who owns the house. That's where that knowledge came from is because I used to do that first, did it for many years, then came into, after having done other things, um, skip tracing and, and that sort of thing. I got my real estate license simply so that I could do my own properties, manage my own rental. I had a rental property that I bought and I wanted to make sure that I stayed on the up and up as far as knowing the laws, knowing how to manage it properly, having access to all of the documents that I would need, such as leases and applications and being able to run the background checks and security, the credit checks and all of that. I put all of that together and again, went into real estate and found out real quick that I didn't like real estate, real estate as much as I liked having my property that I managed. Word of mouth, which is another thing we talk about sometimes, um, and building my brand. I was building my brand, but I didn't know it. I was out there and I was talking about real estate and I didn't realize it, but I was, I was building myself up and building my brand. I was out there in church and I was out there with my friends and I talked about real estate day and night all the time to everyone I knew, not realizing the impact it was having. But soon enough, word got out and I was asked and approached by multiple people, at first someone on my street and then someone you know, from my church, and then an investor friend of his, and then someone who I didn't know at all, but they saw me in action at the courthouse doing the eviction on my own property. These people saw me out in the world. They knew me from either church, friends, wherever, and it got out that I did property management for my property, and hey, she's good at it. Oh, she has a lot of knowledge. She's a real estate agent. She can do this for you. So I started doing it for a couple of friends and then a couple of friends and then their friends and then a couple of friends, mine, my friends, people on the street, people down the road, people at church. It grew from there until I just was sought after and sought out simply because I stay up on all of my ethics. I stay up on all of my classes. I've been doing this for many, many, many years is what I focused on pretty much right out of the gate because I didn't like working with buyers and sellers as much as having the control that I have in the process and making sure that things go smoothly from beginning to end. When as a property manager, I have more control over the owner 
I have more control over the tenants. I am the go-between between the two, and they often never even know each other. So it makes it more smooth for me to be that mediator and that person in between, being able to handle things in a way that is my business, is my brand. Having done all of that together while building my brand and not knowing it and marketing myself and not knowing it and posting pictures and doing all of the things that I talk about, putting it all together is just doing all of these things every day. You don't stop. You keep putting one foot in front of the other every day and you do all of the things. You're looking for houses. You're trying to wholesale. You're trying to be an investor. You're trying to purchase the properties low and, you know, buy low, sell high. You're trying to do all of the different things that we talk about and do them continually, nonstop, 20 million things all at the same time. That is being an investor. That is putting it all together, being able to juggle everything seamlessly. Welcome to my world. Thank you for listening again today, everyone. I would like to say if you have any questions or any comments or would like to say anything at all, please give me a shout out to Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's realestatewindypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. You guys have a great evening.